Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. All right, if you're making your first game or you haven't even started working on your first game yet, then this is the podcast episode for you. It's been a few years now since I switched careers and became an indie game developer, and I thought I was ready at the time. I thought I knew what I was doing. I was a little bit cocky going into it, but nothing could have prepared me for what this journey has been like so far. I've had nights with zero sleep because of really massive anxiety. I deal with crippling self-doubt on an almost daily basis. I've had to convince myself not to quit half a dozen times, probably more at this point. And there are many days where I feel like a complete fraud who's just pretending to know how to make games and like eventually the whole world is just going to find out that I'm pretending and I'm going to be humiliated, right? And I've realized that all of this stems from just one core problem. Making games takes forever. The slower my progress is with my game, the more emotional turmoil I seem to be in. It's a pattern that I've noticed since becoming an indie dev. And so by sharing what I've learned over the last couple of years in this episode, I hope to save you time and money and stress because a lot of this has been self-inflicted and completely unnecessary. And I've heard all sorts of different figures thrown around, but my experience has been it will take you easily twice as long as you think it's going to to make your game. So if you think you can do it in two years, it's probably going to take you four. And I know that this isn't news to everyone. I've heard most of the largest game dev YouTubers share this, and yet there might be some part of you that thinks that this will not be true for you. Maybe these particular developers that are talking about this didn't plan well enough. They got caught in a perfectionism loop where they were constantly tweaking but never actually making anything new. Whatever. It's not going to be you, right? And I hate to tell you this, but you're probably wrong on this front, okay? You need to plan from day one how long you think this will take and literally just multiply that number by two, even if it sounds ridiculous. So the obvious question to ask, right, is why do all devs really suck at guessing how long it's going to take them to make things? And the simple answer is there are just too many unknown factors and unpredictable events that are going to slow down your development. Video games are literally the pinnacle of artistic expression. You are combining so many different art forms and sciences into one product. Story, 2D or 3D art, sound effects, music, architecture, level design, enemy design, boss design, world design, puzzle design, player psychology, visual effects, lighting, animation, voice acting, and much, much more, right? All of these things have to come together and fit with your style, fit your mood, fit your color palette, fit your story, and create this experience that you want your players to have, whatever that might be. It's literally like climbing 50 Mount Everests and tweaking one little thing can sometimes have a very dramatic impact on many other elements in your game. Your color palette has a mood behind it. If you add colors that are too bright or vibrant, but you're telling a dark dystopian story, it's not going to fit together well. Except it's more than just this, because literally every single person who plays your game will give you different feedback. 
Some people will tell you your game is ugly and other people are going to say that they love this style. Some bugs will take you weeks to figure out how to fix and every piece of advice or feedback will make you wonder if your game is going in the right direction or if you should switch gears and go down a different path. And so when you put it all together, it doesn't even sound like it should be possible, especially for one person to do alone, right? Except it is, it's just going to take you twice as long as you think to make it come together the way that you want, the way you see it in your head. But here's the thing, it can take you even longer to make your game if you're not careful, okay? Because there is a proper order to follow when you're building a game. Imagine that you want to build a rocket, okay? It's a weird example, but we're building a rocket and we're going to try and send it to the moon, assuming that you can get all the materials and you're legally allowed to, just all of those other external barriers, they're gone, okay? Now imagine you're going into this with no knowledge of physics or how much thrust you need to overcome gravity or how to create rocket fuel, and you know nothing of aerodynamics or wireless communications or electronics or whatever else rocket scientists need to know, okay? Where do you even start? And that's the point. The order and how you plan and build this thing matters. If you do it right, you could probably do it in a few years. And if you do it wrong and you're just learning from trial and error, it might take you decades. The order that you execute matters. And there is an order that makes sense and puts you in the most advantageous position of having lots of different options. You don't want to do this through just trial and error. That's been a big part of my mistake since starting, is not taking the advice seriously that was given by people who are more experienced than me in this field. So what do you start with? Pick a time budget. And what does that mean? That means how long can you emotionally and mentally handle working on the same game for? And only you know the answer to this, right? Maybe you can actually work on the same game for five years. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, only you know the answer to that, right? But you know your schedule best. If you're part-time, maybe you can dedicate two hours a day, five days a week, so 10 hours a week. If you can only handle working on a game for two years, knowing that games take twice as long to make as you think they will, you're going to budget your time for one year, knowing that you won't actually be done for two, so you're budgeting 520 hours, okay? Knowing this is going to help you with the next step, and that's making a game design document. You have a time budget of how long you know you can handle working on one game, so now it's the time to plan a game around that. This document will help you stay within a realistic scope. That is what the design document is so helpful with. This is where you'll create your story, your characters, their personality, your game's mood, its mechanics, what genre it is, who is your target audience, the game's controls, color palette, all of these things. If you were going to write a fiction novel, you'd outline the book and have a plan before writing the book so that you always know where the book is heading. That's what this is for your game. If you don't do that planning ahead of time, you can find yourself in very deep water and not knowing where to go. Okay, so once you have that done, it's time for a prototype. And the prototype stage should be the core of what your game is with hardly anything else. What is the heart and soul of your game stripped of all the polish and effects and most of the art? That's your prototype. If you're doing it right, it should look like shit. The core of the idea will be the same in both your prototype and final product. But imagine how much faster you can tweak and iterate on things when your game has a fully functioning prototype without all that extra time spent on polish. 
Once you're happy with your prototype, it's time to polish the hell out of it and turn it into a demo. And if you're an indie dev, you need a demo. It's really, really hard to market your game effectively without one. And it's hard to get decent feedback without one as well. When Team Cherry was building Hollow Knight, what they did is they made the basic player movement mechanics, and then they built the Forgotten Crossroads, the game's first explorable area. And they polished and polished and polished until they had a standard of quality that they now had to carry forward into the rest of the game. That's what you're doing with your demo. The demo should be about 15 minutes of gameplay that is just as polished as your final product. If you do that, you've got a few advantages. You have a polished 15-minute game. You have all the depth you want. Now you just need to create width and expand your game. Consistency and quality is going to be a lot easier this way, okay? Also, if you want to do a Kickstarter, if you want to work with a publisher, if you want funding of any kind for your game, people will only take it seriously if it's polished. If you're working in an unpolished game for a year and a half, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by taking options away from yourself. Well, that's all I got. And if you love this episode and if you haven't already left a rating and review, then please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome developers like yourself. Thanks so much.